1: Good morning. It is Friday, December 1st, five minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Right now, the House is voting on whether to expel George Santos of New York from Congress. Removing him would shrink the Republicans' nine-seat majority.
0: Uh, This is going to be interesting to see how this plays out because George Santos, look, I mean, you and I can sit here and look at this guy and go, his life has clearly been much of it a just Elaborate lie slash scheme, scam, whatever mm-hmm. word you want to use. But in terms of has he been convicted of something, the answer is no. And on the Senate side, you've got Menendez, mm-hmm. who is also being tried for scheming and scamming, or will be tried for scheming and scamming. And he's sitting there as a U.S. Senator. So if In our country, the standard is innocent until proven guilty. And when did you, being a complete dirtball, qualify you to get kicked out of Congress? Because there's about 400 others that could go with him or should go with him. What are we doing here if he hasn't been convicted
1: not convicted but a recent health, house ethics report said that he blatantly stole from his campaign and spent donor money on things like botox and adult yeah, sites but, like OnlyFans.
0: okay but here's the thing casey we literally live in a country mm-hmm. where congress exempts themselves from things like insider trading where if you or i did it we would go directly to jail. Mm -hmm. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. Now, misusing campaign funds or fibbing about campaign funds or not being honest about campaign funds is a really big deal. And it should totally be investigated. And he, it sounds like, totally should go to jail and do not pass go and do not collect $200. And other people who do this, maybe it'll send a giant warning sign to them that playing fast and loose with campaign money, you will get caught and you will suffer consequences for that. However, these people sitting in judgment in Congress <laughs> you, of someone you without else. without sin
1: cast the first stone. Again,
0: we're not in any way debating the seriousness of what he did or whether or not he should be on trial or whether or not he likely did it. And if a jury finds him guilty, what should happen to him? We're talking about the people in Congress sitting in some sort of moral judgment of somebody else when some of the most disgusting people walking walking and breathing air in this country will be the ones being the deciders.
1: Crimes, lies, and scandals, that could be the name of his book. But he said he's not gonna seek reelection next year anyway. And here's the funny part, uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson, he said that he had reservations about expelling him and he told members of Congress to vote their conscience <laughs> as if they have one. <laughs> That's the funny part.
0: I mean, if you start pulling back the onion on, again, it appears, it's alleged, what he did was very, very illegal. But think about how the rules are written, like the insider trading stuff. It's illegal for you and me. They do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just fine. Well, I didn't break the law. He broke the law. But you wrote the law so you didn't break the – got to really try. It just show how stupid this guy actually is. And it is interesting where someone would – I've always thought the misuse or lying about campaign funds is interesting to me because all it takes is one person to get the attention of the government if you have misused campaign money or lied about campaign money in any shape, form, or fashion. And all the government has to do is subpoena your bank account. It's either going to be there or it's not. The money went somewhere or the money is or is not there where you say it's at. I've just always thought that that was very, very interesting, like when somebody would do this and think ultimately you're going to get away with it, especially as a member of Congress. If you're a, I don't know, a city councilor somewhere or you're a township trustee you got to have somebody who knows to look and knows what to look for and is interested in prying into you and unless you do something controversial or make enemies. It may not happen. But this guy is a sitting member of Congress, Casey. Mm-hmm. You didn't think people were going to be he's running for Congress. You didn't think he ran for Congress. You don't think people are going to like look and go, let's learn more about this guy. Uh, yeah, and it's all there in black and white.
1: Victoria Sparks has said that she's not going to vote to expel him. She said that everything is based on allegations and indictments and everyone is entitled to due process. And she said that his removal would set a bad precedent.
0: Uh, I, I tend to probably agree with that based on you're essentially taking away the will of the voter. Now, again, if the guy gets convicted of a crime and it goes in front of a jury of his mm-hmm. peers, absolutely a, you know, a different a different ball game, but he's not running for congress it's not like they caught him in the middle of a campaign and said oh my gosh look at how he's spending this money let's throw the book at him it's he's in congress he's, he's he has been an elected member of congress you would take away these people would literally not have representation
1: right so is that what happens nobody sits in his chair
0: well there's every state i think has different special election laws how they handle Uh, special elections. Obviously, like when Jackie Walorski passed away, there was a time frame. There was a caucus from the people in that, the precinct committeemen in her congressional district. It was a big deal. It was held on a Saturday. People got up, gave speeches, and they picked, you know, picked a winner. I think it varies on state based on how they fill these appointments.
1: It is 11 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And the other big news that came out this morning is that Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman to serve on the Supreme Court, has passed away. And she was 93 years old uh nominated to the court by Ronald Reagan went there uh as a supposed conservative but over time kind of uh, changed a little I mean you could say that she originally aligned with uh Rehnquist and was very conservative but then over time uh some of her decisions were big decisions that changed uh, like the Planned Parenthood versus Casey uh, decision. Her decision reaffirmed the constitutional right to an abortion. Uh, she was also, she cited on the affirmative action in college admissions. So this is somebody who started out as a conservative, but then changed a little over time. So
0: you know how we do the famous people passing away, Casey, mm-hmm. when they're political people, uh, because your record is the reason you're famous. If you're a government person, political person. So we have to talk about that because that's why you're famous. It's not like you're, you're not a movie star. It's not, you know, we, you're, you are known. The reason we're talking about you is because you did things in the public life. So we talk about that. We uh, don't just say nice things about people when they pass away, if they did things, if they're known in public life or things they did involving the public, we give you a fair and honest assessment of their life. She clearly was a trailblazer in the sense that she was the first woman justice to serve on the Supreme Court. Right. Uh, she by all accounts was an honorable person in terms mm-hmm. of her personal existence and a kind person and all of those things. However, you're right, Casey. You can't talk about Sandra Day O'Connor without mentioning her record as a jurist. And the reality is, like many uh, Republican appointees, and so you notice how this always happens with Republican appointees. It almost never happens with Democrats. It's like Katanji Brown-Jackson. There's absolutely zero chance we're going to wake up one day and go, wow, she came in as a super liberal, and she went out very moderate and was the swing vote. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's Kagan mm-hmm. or... Uh, the wise latino woman that what was her what's her name uh i mean the i mean she's an idiot kagan's actually a pretty smart person what oh what the hell's her name uh oh gosh darn it that's just terrible that i can't think of her name obama called her the wise latino woman Ah uh, people are screaming at the radio right now anyway she's a total moron and Katanji brown jackson you know there's <laughs> zero chance that any of those are going to later in life end up being the magical middle of the road swing vote. It's Mm -hmm. always the Republicans. And what happens is, and I'm totally convinced of this, these people get in there and these people want to be liked. They go to these parties. It's a more liberal environment and society. And then there becomes great importance in being the swing vote. Like, how's O'Connor going to vote? Mm -hmm. You know, who was it? Was it Kennedy before? How's Kennedy going to vote? All eyes are on Kennedy. And so they start really enjoying this idea of well, I could go this way, well, I could go that way I you know maybe I do a little of this, maybe I give the conservatives a little of that And I think people enjoy their own their own press and their own headlines and I think she was probably one of those people.
1: She was really instrumental in the Bush versus Gore case yeah that ended the challenges to the results of the 2000 election yeah. and maybe instead she should have said no, we're not going to take this Well because that really changed the direction of the country
0: well ultimately that's what they did is Mm -hmm. she she said the supreme court said we're not going to take this we're going to uphold florida enacting their own election laws and that's it thank you have a have a good have a good day uh God, man, I'm just going to. Oh, here we go. You I have, have to
1: find it. Well, don't I had you? to look at It's just killing
0: me. Have you mm-hmm. ever had something where it's like, this is so obvious and I don't. It's Sonia Sotomayor. Oh my gosh. That was
1: terrible, Casey. It's a itch you have to scratch sometimes. I was just
0: like, what? Like, it's like I'm seeing her face. Like, I'm looking right at her face, and that is horrible that I did not remember her name.
1: You're getting old, Rob.
0: I, it's, it's horrible that I didn't remember her name as she mm-hmm. is as a justice because mm-hmm. she is a complete idiot.
1: So you lament all the time, why is somebody going to vote for Trump? And. You had an epiphany, something your mother-in-law said. Yeah. I don't know if you realize this, but I believe Tucker Carlson said something very similar. He was on oh. the Roseanne Barr podcast. <laughs> she has a podcast? The woman with one of the worst voices yeah. in the world has a podcast. She has a podcast. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Did um, you ever find her funny? before she was into
0: politics, like as the comedian Roseanne? Did you ever find her funny?
1: I thought her show was funny.
0: Yeah, I thought. I think, and uh, Hammer will back me up on this. Roseanne, the show Roseanne, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily because of her. Who is real? It it is one of one of the most underrated shows in the history of TV. uh Uh, John Goodman was fabulous Mm -hmm. in in that show. I thought, um, like, all the little side characters, I'm not saying it was, like, Seinfeld-esque, but, like, the Martin Mull character, they always would put little people around her that I thought were great. I I think it's an underrated show. She's horrific and awful, but I thought the show was really well done. All
1: right, well, we're going to hear what Tucker's answer was coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesempta 20 Minutes After 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC Breaking News. Uh, by the time we started talking about it and finished talking about it, the House has voted to expel George Santos from Congress. And it really makes you wonder, when is Eric Swalwell next? And Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and Rashida Tlaib, and, and Jamal Bowman, all these other people who've done nefarious activities. When did they get expelled? You never hear about a Democrat.
0: Yeah, fire alarm guy is doing just fine.
1: Yeah, he's okay. But yet, uh, the Republicans just can't help but self-sabotage.
0: Casey, we made an egregious mistake. Oh, no. You know, I, 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 I felt it the whole time in my bones, and I went against my better judgment, and we clearly made an egregious mistake having the mayor of Lebanon in here and being so fair to him and giving him all that time to talk about The Leap Project mm-hmm. and not getting into a bunch of other stuff that we said on this show, and I'm sure he's very familiar that we said before, uh, because, boy, what a, just an absolutely ungrateful person he turned out to be.
1: Um, what happened? Well, you know,
0: I, let's, I don't want to be, um, hang on here just a second, I don't want to in any way be uh, misquoted or misquote anyone else or anything else. So uh, give me just a second here, let me pull this up. Uh, so here was the tweet that I put out. Uh, after uh, Matt Gentry, uh, you know, was on the was on the program. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the preview of him being on the program. I wanted to promote him. I said the mayor of Lebanon, Matt Gentry, joins us at not at WIBC at 10:05 for a spirited conversation about leap. We applaud Mayor Gentry for having the courage to defend his positions, unlike many Indiana Republican politicians. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we had him on. We I thought it was very fair. You led most of the interview. I didn't get to like. Seventy percent of the stuff I wanted to get to. I mean, we can't give him a whole a whole show. We gave him two segments. Uh-huh. We spent the whole time on the Leap District, which is what we told him we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we got into anything out, you know, outside of that. We stayed focused on that. We did talk about how the governor conveniently gave him ten thousand dollars. We did we did mention that because I thought that was relevant since this is the governor's dream project. But
1: it relates, and he even did say that it's a legacy sure, that Eric Holder wants to have.
0: So. I tried to be professional, tried to leave it totally on that topic so that he would have time. Cause we don't, again, these airwaves are so valuable, Casey. We don't just have, we can't just give you three hours to talk about your terrible idea. That's bad for the state of Indiana. We, we gave him an opportunity to talk about leap, put that out was very nice in my, you know, res- promoting him, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's his response. Yeah, and and just as a in case you missed it, you can hear it. It was the second hour. Most of the second hour was dedicated to this. When we came back after the ten thirty bottom of the hour news, mm-hmm. we gave some commentary on it. Yeah, we gave some thoughts on the interview, which is totally normal. Did we say anything in there during that time, Casey, when we gave thoughts on the interview that we haven't been saying on these airwaves? for many, many years. Well, not many, many years. Many, many months, mm-hmm. year, whatever it's been. Anything that hasn't already been said, which he clearly knew about, he's known about, and he agreed to come on this show.
1: No, I think you just expressed your opinion once again. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing he, I... You had not changed your mind based on our conversation with him.
0: Right. Uh, did we say anything that was like deeply personal that I haven't said before? Some new revelation? The only thing I can think that I said was his dad is a very powerful Republican. Mm-hmm. He is. His dad has been in charge of getting Republicans elected for a very long time. Mm -hmm. He has. It's not a coincidence. They picked Lebanon to do this. He is the son of a very, very powerful, reliable Republican. And we repeatedly said he deserves credit for coming on to answer the questions. Period. End of story. Have I said anything different about about Matt Gentry in the all the time we've been covering this, no, is that anything earth shattering? I don't believe so. It, maybe we'll go back and listen to the tape. Here's his response to our very nice promotion <laughs> and very professional interview we did of him mm-hmm. with, with him. I hear this is Matt Gentry, the mayor of Lebanon, on Twitter. I hear that you waited to take personal shots at me until I was out of the room and couldn't defend myself. So kind. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on. Mm. So, Matt, if you'd like to come back, and you're very welcome to come back, I'd be happy to spend another two segments talking about all of those things I didn't get a chance to get to because we were trying to be totally focused on LEAP. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't think we said anything out of bounds there, Casey. I don't think we said anything untrue. The financial documents... A show he, he admitted he got the 10,000 from Holcomb that same document shows that he got $2,500 from Lily we said there's nothing illegal there's nothing wrong about that he's entitled to get money from whoever he wants that's just a giant red flag mm. that's something people would want to pay attention to that the people who are benefiting from the project are giving money to the candidate in question mm-hmm. if you're so mad about it don't take the money mm-hmm. nobody held a gun to your head and forced you to take that 10 grand from Holcomb I don't know why I always end up being the bad guy. Casey, you're very the honest broker here.
1: You have shoulders that are strong enough to take it, I guess.
0: What did I say that was a deeply personal shot? He knows what we say on this show. He's referenced specific things before. It's not like I... Did I say anything that hasn't previously been said?
1: I Probably not that's been previously said. I'd have to go back and listen to yeah. see if you took why don't we do that? personal shots. I mean... Maybe we can cover that on Monday when we have the guy from Lafayette in.
0: Okay, so we made a mistake. We were totally professional. We were very kind. We allowed him to tell his side of the story. We were. We thought we needed pushback. We did push back. We stayed totally focused on allowing him to tell his side of the story and that's the thanks we get for it it's 27 this minutes is after why i'm the 11. way I am, casey mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. you're listening it to blows kendall up in my casey. face every time i'm nice to people <laughs> it's 93 wibc 11 32 with kendall and casey on 93 wibc so tucker carlson said that the prospect of being donald trump's running mate is well out of this world <laughs> He said that he would put it in the category of an asteroid striking the earth, Uh good or bad. It's so far outside of his control. He has no control. He could say no, Uh but he has no control. He could say no. I think the interesting thing about this is that he was talking about this on the Roseanne Barr podcast. And there was, I don't know, a a Twitter feed going around earlier this week. Somebody said, hey, Roseanne Barr uh, should be a good running mate with Donald Trump. Oh, my god. So now you've got the two people that the Internet is having some fun with saying they should be the VP together talking about this. But you lament all the time about Trump and the Trump voter. And here is Tucker saying why he would vote for Trump. What do you think? I
4: certainly support Trump. I'll tell you that. And I can tell you, I mean, I've always agreed with Trump's policies, always. And I lost friends over it. but and I've never really actively supported anybody because it's not my job to actively support people. I right. watch, you know, right. I like to watch, Um but <laughs> I'm a voyeur. Yeah. But I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar-a-Lago last summer, the summer of 2022. That, that That's just, that can't stand.
3: No, that can't.
4: And that I with ag- agree with Trump on a lot. But even if I disagreed with Trump on a lot, I'd still be a Trump supporter because you cannot allow that. You cannot allow the. You know the regime the president of the united states to use the justice department to knock the front runner out of the race you can't do that
3: no you can't do that
4: so it's bigger than trump it's bigger than biden it's a question of you know do you want to live in a free country with a functioning justice system you know that's exactly and right. so i'm voting for trump and if they convict him i will send him the max donations and i will lead protests that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Because too. and by the way, if I thought that he had committed some real crime, I wouldn't feel that way. But he didn't. <laughs> he and Biden are both found with classified documents at home, along with every other former high level federal official in history. But only
1: Trump is indicted. Like, tell me how that works. Oh, shut up. Hmm. <laughs> so it's it's to your mother-in-law's point. Yeah, it's accountability. That's why he would get Tucker's vote. Yeah. Same thing she was saying. And you have commented all the time, how can people forgive his actions during COVID?
0: That's a fair question, isn't mm
1: it? mm -hmm. And last night during the debate between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, they got into it on the COVID topic. And DeSantis was pretty much calling out Newsom saying that, you know, he was the king of lockdowns. Yeah. And closing the schools while his own kids were in private school.
5: They tax too much. They regulate too much. They have a political agenda. It's not a good climate for business. They've lost a lot of companies. A lot of companies have moved to Texas. We have had some to Florida, but they've lost a lot of companies to Texas because they're not doing a good job uh, looking out for folks and not creating a good business environment. And, um, you know, when I have people that come to Florida, uh, they tell me, you know, you guys actually want us to succeed in Florida. And they feel like when they're in California, they don't want business to succeed. Is that what is saying? The Tampa Bay Rays? Well, actually, yeah. I I think that's an interesting point with Disney because uh, I had Disney open during COVID and we made them a fortune and we saved a lot of jobs. You had Disney closed inexplicably for over a year. You were not following science. You were a lockdown governor. You did a lot of damage to your people. You had more kids locked out of school for a longer period of time in California than anywhere else in the country. It was the working class kids. It was the middle income kids. His kids were in private school. They were in class. We'll in get, we'll he bought people out because of hey, the wait, teachers wait. union. You're he gonna, is owned by the teachers union. You yes. will never cross the teachers this is union. This just a lot of hot lock, up. stock, want, and let's barrel. Talk about
1: <laughs> Okay, so uh one of the best parts in that debate last night, in my opinion, was when Ron DeSantis held up the the poop map of. <laughs> What happened in San Francisco? People were tagging where there was, you know, feces, human feces. And uh, this is how it went down.
5: This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own.
1: Uh, Bringing up a lot of things that a lot of people were saying, that they clean up San Francisco, who used to be the mayor. uh, Newsom used to be the mayor of San Francisco. They cleaned it up for uh, a communist dictator, but not for Americans.
0: Uh, And this matters for a reason for us here, because those people in California that DeSantis talked about leaving went somewhere. Mm -hmm. And they have filtered out across the country, as they have done from other left states, and they have brought their politics with them. And they are part of the changing landscape. It's why when I hear, "Oh, this international corporation or this national corporation is coming to Indiana, and it will bring X amount of high-paying jobs to blah blah blah," what are the politics that come with them? Mm-hmm. What what are what are who are the people that are coming? You know, it is very easy to get caught up in, and it's kind of a, a theme, I guess. What we talked about last hour to get obsessed with bright shiny objects and see a press release or see a headline or get enamored with a numerical total around a building or a jobs, plural. But if you gut and you change the fabric of your society or your state or your city or whatever it might be in the process, then that's not a win, Mm -hmm. that's a failure. And these people fleeing California have not, in many cases, or other leftist states, have not assimilated to where they have gone. They have tried to change the place that they are going to.
1: Yeah. Um, it's time for the all-around Indiana segment, Rob. Oh, I, no! Yes, I promised this earlier. Oh, we didn't boy, have time to get to bad. it, but now we we have to uh, because it's Friday, and I can't let you go into the weekend with a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to feature the voiceover stylings of Eric Holcomb, and since 1909, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's been the racing capital of the world. Yes. A historic destination, mm-hmm. right? Remember remember
0: when they he shut down the Indy 500 and didn't let people Go to the Indy 500. Mm Do you remember that?
1: Mm, Well, yes. Yeah.
0: Remember, there was no, there was no. There were no fans in the stands. No one at the Indy 500. Yep, Uh,
1: attracts fans from all over the world. And this, this all around Indiana segment. This one is called the legendary Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
5: Do we have that? One of the dangers to freedom is
0: people that want to take American side. That's uh, that's Ron DeSantis. (laughs) That's Ron DeSantis. I wish he was our governor. That's a different
1: governor altogether. I I, I wish Ron DeSantis was voicing
0: uh, ads as our governor, (laughs) Casey. Uh, That would make me very, very happy. We now appear we do have the governor we don't want
2: voicing the ads. There's nowhere in the world like the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This legendary Oval is the world's oldest continually operating racetrack and a bucket list destination for race fans across the globe. The Speedway was originally built back in 1909 as a test track for local auto manufacturers. These industry leaders came together to create a place where the best of the best compete. And now the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is the undisputed racing capital of the world where hundreds of thousands of people come together to witness the greatest spectacle in racing. The track has changed a lot over the last century, breaking high speed racing records and driving innovation in the auto industry. But the tradition and pageantry around (laughs) race day remains an integral part of our Hoosier identity. That's why the IMS Museum carefully chronicles the history behind our legendary speedway. And to this day, you can still kneel down and kiss the bricks from the track that started it all.
1: Does that get you excited? When you hear Eric Holcomb voice no, that.
0: No, I've never been more depressed about the Indy 500. What, like, What is the purpose of this? As though someone doesn't know, mm-hmm. hey, there's a small little race that takes place the <laughs> Sunday before <laughs> Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's the Indy 500. You might want to go. It's 350,000 people, Casey, and mm-hmm. it essentially sells out every
1: single... What are we? We need a video, like, and and him voicing it. Like the rest it. of
0: the country, some guy in Arizona is like, "Wait, what? There's a race? The the indie, what's it called? I mean, it's has it ever been on TV? <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what? I, this is what I understand. What are the? Where are these ads airing on television somewhere? Are they just on the internet? All online. Are we hoping someone stumbles upon them? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is the plan mm-hmm. with these terribly voiced ads? <laughs> like, what? What are we doing here?
1: We're highlighting all of the uh, attractions we, and things about the great state of Indiana.
0: Because the Pure Michigan ads, you will actually hear on like Indianapolis radio. It'll be Tim Allen saying, mm-hmm. come to well, Michigan. Yes,
1: that's put on by uh, Michigan Tourism. Right. So yeah. are
0: we doing that with these? Are we running these in Ohio? You should come to the Indy 5
1: Hundred? What? Where? Are or is these? he using these to attract businesses to Indiana?
0: Ah. probably for the Leap District. Ah, yeah. Oh, see,
1: it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Hey, uh, I wrote an article by the way yesterday that's getting a lot of traction. People are having a fight on my Twitter feed. A little different than the fights they have with you, Rob. <laughs> it's about uh, the new Bucky's that's going to be less than two hours from Indy. Check it out at WIBC. Susan Beckwith is going to join us next on ninety-three WIBC.
5: It's down, it's
0: It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And as we do each week, it's time to send you people out into the world as better, more decent, more productive members of society. And that means you got to clean up your manners. And to do that, we look to our very own former Miss Indiana, Susan Beckwith, with her Mind Your Manners segment. Susan, hello. Hello. It's December 1st. Woohoo! Now you have 93 Christmas trees in your house. That's correct, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I still feel like I'm lacking, but that's okay. And, you know, <laughs> there's always room for more.
0: <laughs> you you are a year-round Christmas tree person.
3: I am. I love this time of year. It's my very favorite. Uh, I do not have 93 trees. I do have two. I'm, I think I've talked Micah into a third. My... <laughs> I had a beautiful one last year that just totally died, so uh, I'm down a little bit this year, actually. So
0: do you do, this is the great debate, especially in the modern era, you do a real tree?
3: No, you know what? Since we've been married, so we've been married 16 years, we've never had a real tree. How
0: did it die? How does a fake tree die? It's fake. It can't die, right? Oh, well,
3: correct, but I mean, like, all the lights went out, oh. and it was a- It's one of the flocked ones that are so pretty, but they're so messy. And I just was like, I'm over it. So I thought, I'll just get a new one next year. And I haven't been able to do that yet. But I I have a feeling I, I will add a third one to the mix. And when I say like, trees they're, those are like my nine foot trees like we have a lot of little ones but they're you know the big full-size ones
0: <laughs> okay so we, we intend to ask you about being a guest uh in the holiday season here in just a moment but first I, I do have an etiquette question for you so the lights on my tree are starting to go out my wife said can we get a new tree i said no the trees are very expensive i had bought uh just strands of lights last year to help cover up the going out lights am i an unclassy human being
3: Oh, oh! I've definitely done that. And one year, I was very ambitious, and I cut off all the old lights that went out. And then, you know, the next year, just added all of my own. But that was a, quite the ordeal, and I had several like scratches. <laughs> I'm trying to get in and, and remove those, but i that's totally
0: acceptable. Okay, you hear that, Casey? Yes. Susan said that I can just simply throw those tacky strands of lights on my tree and I'm mm-hmm. fine.
1: I've done that, too. But the problem that I've run into is sometimes the lights aren't the same color. I'm not talking about the colored lights. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, white lights. Oh, sometimes yeah. they're a little blue. Sometimes they're a little yellow. So whatever it's it's your it's your tree i I kind of think you gotta do what you want to do.
0: yeah she tried to guilt me too. she's like, uh I guess that's okay for another year. It's like, lady, we have a baby to to fund now We don't have time to be paying for brand new Christmas trees because they're so expensive Susan
3: you know I uh, they are and um, I've even you know been helping a few colleagues find various ones on market Facebook marketplace so oh, you good know, idea. Resources there. I will say, as far as lights go, I always tend to gravitate towards the warmer, you know, um, white lights. But yeah, it's to each their own.
0: (laughs) Okay, Okay. so kind of the theme for December, I think, is going to be being a good guest because November was being a good host. Mm -hmm. Susan, the floor is yours. If you are going to be a guest at a holiday party or gathering this Christmas season, what is one number one? The number one thing you should be keeping an eye, uh, an eye on, and being mindful of.
3: Being punctual.
0: Yeah, I like that.
3: Good rule of thumb. You know, So that's an easy one, just showing up on time. But something that I thought was really good that might be helpful to know is that anything really beyond arriving 15 minutes after the start of when, you know, the party was supposed to start is, is beyond being fashionably late.
0: So, like, last night, I mean, this wasn't a holiday party, but Casey was in Brownsburg for a, a big political event for Charles Bookwalter. She was the introducer. And Ooh. I said, hey, you know, you're literally right around the corner from my house. You should totally come by. And uh, about 7.45, Casey was like, "Up, oh, I had to go home. Sorry, I had to do the template for tomorrow. Bye. Casey was being rude and inappropriate, is what uh, you're saying.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> First of all, I didn't get the invite until I was already on my way there. And you were like, hey, we're going to be home after. After 7, if you want to stop by, well, the event didn't wrap up until 7.45, and I still had work to do. Uh-huh. There was still a debate I had to watch. I had to put the template together. So I don't think that that was actually an event or a party that I was invited to. That was a stop by if you want.
0: It's always a party at my house, Casey. You know this.
1: Uh, okay, so uh,
0: Casey's a bad guest. We've established that. What what else should people be keeping in mind, Susan? What?
3: Oh, my goodness. I am like manners expert
1: slash mediator this morning. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I No, uh, seriously. You know what, Susan? I'm sure you've prepared a lot. But settle this for us because I don't, I don't think know. I was being rude at all. He invited me to stop by if I wanted to, and it was late. And I was like, you know what, dude? It's not going to happen wait, wait, wait. tonight.
0: Susan, before you pass judgment, know that this woman, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is like, send me a picture of your baby. I'd like to see your baby. The baby will make me feel better. And I was like, you're right around the corner, so here's the invite. And then at 7.45, well, I'm on the road, got important things to do. The crowd was (laughs) ruckus for me at this event. See ya. Well,
3: I can see both sides, but I understand where Casey's coming from in regards to the fact that, like, my bedtime is, like, 9 p.m., so, you know, I I get that, you know, she still had a late night and a lot to do. Mm -hmm. But, Rob, it's good on you to extend an invitation and let her know that welcome. So I, I see positives out of the whole situation.
1: So uh, what I'm gathering here, Rob, is that she's not picking a side. Absolutely. She's
0: very sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we totally hijacked your segment here today, but what's another, and we've got the whole month of December. Uh, yeah. What 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 is another thing, if you're going to be a guest at a holiday party this season, you should be considering other than not being like Casey and being on time?
3: <laughs> I love it. Um, don't forget to RSVP. So these are quick, these are easy. So don't forget to RSVP. That's you know, and do it quickly because then that helps them plan. It also lets them know that you're excited to be there. And if you can't be there, um, you know, like I said, it's just for planning purposes. That's helpful. Another really really quick one that we could potentially end on is um, hostess gifts are always a, a great way to just express gratitude for all the effort that they put into planning the party.
1: Hey Susan, how do you deal with maybe like the guilt of um, you the RSVP like? Like, yeah, what if it's something you've been invited to, but you really don't want to go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like to Rob's house.
3: just well, an RSVP without really indicating that. You could have a conflict. They don't have to know what your conflict is.
0: <laughs> I love know, the... But- uh- I love that the pastor's wife is like, just make something up.
3: <laughs> that's not what I said. You know, you could have other obligations and they don't need to know specifically what those are. That could be focusing on something that you need to get done at your home or, you know, that's just it's not going to work for you. Um, but I, I don't think you need to feel guilt. I
1: mm-hmm. do think not RSVPing is not the right way to go, though. Okay, so like if you are SVP and they know you have obligations, they need to let it go. Right. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, yes, I see where you're going with
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Susan the right Corner. Yes, <laughs> tell us about your very fabulous website and Facebook page, Bell of the Midwest.
3: I love hearing from you guys. Uh, Be sure to subscribe. We're going to be starting a newsletter in 2024 that will have lots of good um, information on manners and etiquette that you can pass along to your kids, your grandkiddos. And uh, there'll be some fashion and hospitality info mixed in there as well. If you're wanting really regular content, be sure to also follow me at Bell of the Midwest on Facebook.
1: Casey, take us home. Thank you, Susan. We appreciate it. And uh, I really appreciate you agreeing with me on everything. And that's going to do it for us. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Noah and Jack and Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to catch you back here on Monday. Tony Katz is next on 93 WIBC.